Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, December 6th. Here are impeachment inquiry updates from today's show. As House Democrats geared up for their first impeachment hearing last month, Speaker Nancy Pelosi huddled in her office with her leadership team, downplaying expectations. She told them not to expect the hearings would trigger a massive shift in public support toward ousting Trump. Those words of caution, delivered as House Intelligence Committee members prepared in the Capitol basement for the next day's hearing, reflected the innate skepticism that has influenced her every move as she's guided her Democratic majority through a tumultuous moment in the nation's history. Even after a whistleblower complaint compelled Pelosi to launch the investigation she has long resisted, she's treated impeachment as a political liability, and she sought to redirect public attention to the pocketbook issues that she considers responsible for them winning the majority last year. But with a five-minute nationally televised address on Thursday morning, she's become the reluctant face of impeachment. The Speaker's discomfort was on full display, starting with her morning address in which she gravely announced her decision to move forward with impeachment. Two hours later, though, she was rattled when a reporter, James Rosen of the conservative Sinclair Broadcast Group, asked her if she hates Trump. It was a question meant to elicit a response to a frequent GOP attack, but one she instead took as a personal slight. Let's take a listen to the moment. I resent your using the word hate in a sentence that addresses me. I don't hate anyone. I was raised in a way that is full, a heart full of love and always prayed for the president. And I still pray for the president. I pray for the president all the time. So don't mess with me when it comes to words like that. To Republicans eager to paint Democrats as out-of-control partisans, the forceful rebuttal was a sign of the speaker losing her grip. Trump said that she had a nervous fit and tweeted that he doesn't believe she's ever actually prayed for him. But the exchange quickly went viral among liberals on social media, who praised the speaker's sharp tongue. Pelosi spoke yesterday with an unusually weary rasp. My colleagues Rachel Bade and Mike DeBonis, who cover the House for us, say that's a consequence of a whirlwind visit to Madrid, where she led a delegation of 14 lawmakers to a global conference on climate change amid this domestic rancor. Several lawmakers who joined Pelosi on the trip told Rachel and Mike that her mood, solemn and serious lately in Washington, drastically changed. Thousands of miles from impeachment, occupying the role of statesman, the speaker was full of cheer. While in Spain, Pelosi took calls from House General Counsel Doug Letter, who's taking point on the legal aspects of the impeachment probe. During the nine-hour flight home from Madrid on Tuesday, Pelosi secluded herself in an airplane cabin to read the final draft of Adam Schiff's 300-page report about Trump and Ukraine. The moment her feet hit U.S. soil around 4 p.m., she was back to work, ordering her staff to line up her first meeting at the Capitol for 4.15, with additional appointments into the evening, even though she was jet-lagged. These days, Pelosi, who was a history major in college, spends a lot of time quoting the founding fathers of the nation in her bid to justify embracing impeachment. Occasionally, though, she favors the Bible. Yesterday morning, while meeting with her whip team in the Capitol basement, the speaker asked for everyone to pray. And then she read aloud some verses from the Old Testament, the book of Jeremiah, about the danger of corrupt kings. 
Here's the passage from Jeremiah that Pelosi read. Quote, Attend to matters of justice. Set things right between people. Rescue victims from their exploiters. Don't take advantage of the homeless, the orphans, the widows. Doom to the leader who builds palaces but bullies people, who makes a fine house but destroys lives. In other impeachment inquiry news, the phone logs that were disclosed in that House Intelligence Committee report have sounded fresh alarm bells about Trump's persistent use of unsecured communications against the advice of his own aides in the intelligence community. Current and former U.S. officials tell The Post that Trump routinely communicates with Rudy Giuliani and other individuals on cell phones that are vulnerable to monitoring by Russian and other foreign intelligence services. Senior U.S. intelligence officials have personally briefed the president on how easy it is for America's enemies to intercept these calls, which aren't encrypted or otherwise shielded from surveillance. But Trump has bristled about going through the White House switchboard because then government staffers can see who he's talking to. The phone records raise the possibility that Moscow was able to learn about aspects of Trump's attempts to get Ukraine to investigate a political rival months before that effort was exposed by a whistleblower report and then the impeachment investigation. John Seifer, the former deputy chief of Russia operations at CIA, says that Trump and Giuliani have effectively given the Russians ammunition that they could either use in an overt fashion, a covert fashion, or in the twisting of information. Cypher and others who are still in the community say that it is so likely that Russians tracked the calls of Giuliani and others that the Kremlin probably knows more still now about those conversations than impeachment investigators. Current U.S. officials say that Giuliani would have been considered a target of Russian intelligence efforts from early in Trump's presidency, and that it's safe to assume the Kremlin intensified its surveillance of the president's lawyer once he turned his focus to Ukraine, which is, of course, a former Soviet republic and a target of Kremlin aggression where Russian intelligence has made deep inroads. U.S. officials also say that Russia likely has Giuliani under physical surveillance as he visits Ukraine this week. Giuliani met yesterday in a hotel lobby in Kyiv with one of the key figures who's been working to help him build a corruption case against Joe and Hunter Biden. The man is named Andre Derkak. He's a member of parliament. He's also a pro-Kremlin figure. He went to a KGB high school in Moscow, and he's the son of a KGB officer who later served as the head of Ukrainian intelligence. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. If you want to hear full episodes, find The Daily 202 wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.